0: Hey Mark, Mark Melissa's Andrew Bogus with you. Thank you, buddy, for a couple minutes. We appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. How's the
0: summer going? All right.
1: Summer's going all right. We're getting uh, getting ready for some football season. It was nice to to spend last night watching some games and, gosh, man, gearing up for for college as well.
0: Now, Mark, style wise, are you, are you still sporting the mohawk or no?
1: <laughs> yes my Mohawk did not retire with my NFL career oh it's, so you uh, still
0: walk around with the Mohawk I thought after uh, the NFL, I thought maybe after the NFL career I thought maybe next time I, I thought the Mohawk would be gone it's still there
1: oh how yeah how about that it it, it is uh it is surviving
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear it I'm glad to hear it um let's talk about your former team a little bit here mark first uh the Giants uh last night certainly w- you know, Andrew and I—we've talked a lot about all the preseason games across the country. Um, what, what's important, you know, for for the guy for the guy and gal that didn't play in the National Football League, you know, you're watching now, watching these games. What what do, you, what, do you, what are we supposed to take away from preseason action?
1: I think the uh, the biggest thing in, in Week One is usually um, how do the backups perform, uh, not only. Um, the ones who are starting the game because of people who are not playing. You know, the the seasoned veteran that's not going to be on the field, or the superstar like Saquon Barkley not going to be on the field. How do not only their backups play, but really it's for um, the guys who might be third, fourth string. How do they perform when they're on the field in um, their defensive or offensive position, but also on special teams? You know, one of the things that um, I try to tell. Every young player that comes into the league is that it doesn't matter how good you are at your position. If you cannot play special teams, you cannot provide value um, for your team early on in your career. Um, And so they will break down the special teams kickoffs and punts and punt returns and kickoff returns just as much as they will any um, offensive or defensive play uh, and probably weigh decisions uh, on who will make the – last 10 spots of the roster based on special teams more so than than anything else
2: mark specific to to the giants it jumped out to to mark and i obviously the raw numbers for daniel jones um are good impressive great however you want to describe them but when he threw his touchdown pass the offensive line celebrated in a pretty big way right around him and it, it just seems like he's already earned a lot of respect from the guys around him on that roster
1: yeah, I think um I think he has I think he has earned that respect. I think that uh another thing that you'll see in preseason wh- you'll see the the veteran players uh on the sidelines smiling much more than you will in regular season play. And and a lot of times it's after a young player um makes a big play, right? A touchdown. You see them laughing and high-fiving um and a lot it's cool because you get to see someone who you've kind of watched grown up over the past few months uh, and now they're able to succeed at this next level. Um, You know, I think some some of the time they're laughing too, because they're like, man, this dude wasn't catching anything in practice and now he's catching everything (laughs) in in the game. Um, So there's that side of it too. But I think with Daniel Jones specifically, um, I think that everybody on that team uh, and I think in New York, was just so happy to see him succeed early uh, because there has been so much uh, scrutiny over that draft pick, um, really unfairly to uh, Daniel Jones himself because all he's doing is just going out and playing football. He's always played. Uh, and But I do think it was nice um, for fans and especially for his teammates to see him do well early, and he did. He He, he played really well, and it was funny because – you saw a different ball being thrown, right? It was, it wasn't what New York fans are used to seeing. That that zip on the pass, it was more like a touch placement pass, but it went to the right spot every single throw he made.
0: Yeah, no question about it. And you know, I don't know how good the the Giants are going to be this year. You know, defense have got some holes, and certainly, you know, Eli at the back end, maybe his final year in a Giant uniform with with Jones pushing him here, Mark, but. Uh, they've got a ridiculous player in running back Saquon Barkley. I mean, he is as he is as big of a difference maker what he can be offensively at the running back position as we have seen in quite some time.
1: Yeah, he. I mean, he is ridiculous. Uh, that's a. It, it's interesting because I almost feel like it, the word "ridiculous" isn't a good enough word to describe him. But they almost <laughs> don't make good enough words. To right? Describe we got to invent play.
0: one. That's what we got to yeah, do. We got to we got to add a, a add word. word to the dictionary
1: <laughs> because. You just when you watch him play, you're almost like, man, I've never seen this before. And and you try to put bits and pieces of different Hall of Fame running backs together to say this is what Saquon is. But um, you know, I think he he really brings this new aspect of running back to the game, and he's able to do everything. And, and um, I think it's it, it's exciting. It's exciting to watch, and uh, uh, he's going to be a fantastic player.
2: Mark, did you get a chance to see any of the Dolphins game last night? Because obviously, you know, Fitzpatrick and Rosen is one of the only handful of QB bounds we actually have. Um, but after last night, I don't know that it matters who's back there because that offensive line has just been terrible so far for them.
1: Well, and, and that has been a big problem for, um, I mean, you talk, you look around the league for any team, but, but for the Miami Dolphins in particular is protecting the quarterback and, and it does not matter how good a quarterback is or what the quarterback uh, does or who he is if he can't have any time to throw it. And you saw last night, and it's a shame it happened so early, right? Um, I think I I always say that offensive line is one of the last positions to kind of come together, and a lot of times you'll see early on in preseason uh, them struggle and kind of figure things out later because all five of those guys have to be on the same page on every single play. Um, but it more so looked like last night that guys were just getting beat man, like man to man. Yeah. Um, and that can't happen. And, and I don't know how that gets fixed throughout the preseason.
0: Uh, Mark, the Kingsbury out in Arizona, do you think what he is going to try and do with his new quarterback in, in Kyler Murray, the Heisman trophy winner out of Oklahoma in today's day and age and it, it being such a passing league offensively for the most part, do you think that kind of offense that air raid, air raid style of offense for the most part do you think it could work in the NFL?
1: I think it can if you have the right uh, guy at quarterback and I think he has the right guy at quarterback right now you know, watching watching last night and watching uh, you know when, when Mart throws the ball, it's weird it looks like the ball weighs less than when any other but any other person throws the ball because it just like comes out of his hand so fast and it's, a lot of times those throws are compared to, like, dart throws, but it literally looked like he was throwing darts um, last night. And and I think his ability to um, get the ball down the field but also get outside the pocket uh, and make plays uh, with his feet on the ground, that's what makes the air raid offense um, practical in the NFL. Because if you're adding the element of – Hey, if everything's covered up downfield, I can at least get four yards and then get out of bounds or four yards and slide. Like that's a win play on offense. So um yeah, I think there's there's room for that in the NFL. Obviously you have to be able to run the ball because that's just you know, it is what it is. But I think Bill Belichick and, and, and um you know, the the Patriots have proved it time and again is that when they cannot run the ball, they'll throw the ball fifty five times a game, uh and, and they can still win. So um, with a mobile quarterback, it could be even more effective.
2: I guess on on somewhat similar lines, Mark, um, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, three drives last night, two two scoring drives out of those three, threw for a score, ran a couple of times. Uh, his head coach talked recently about how many times he's going to actually run the football, Lamar Jackson. Did, did that number, that prediction, did that scare you? Do you think they're putting him, or at least they're planning to put him in too much danger this year in Baltimore?
1: I never want uh, my quarterbacks to get hit, especially in the open field because all the protection uh, that a quarterback has provided um, is, you know, gets thrown out the window. Um, but there's a way a quarterback can run and, you know, they can slide, they can get out of bounds. They can do different things to protect themselves on the back end of the play um, that really don't, they don't and shouldn't uh, cost yardage. So, um I think it's going to be up to coaching uh, Lamar Jackson on how to finish the play uh, correctly um, and have that awareness mid-play on, hey, this is the yard I need to gain um, or this is a situation where you know, I need to put my head down, I need to juke, I need to get uh, an extra couple yards because of the game situation. So you know, that comes with coaching uh, and experience, and that, those are things that they coach running backs on all the time. Uh, what is the situation in the game, and how do I need to finish this play? Uh, well, there needs to be some coaching um, for the quarterback position there as well.
0: You know, Mark, well, if I'm looking at teams across it, you know, not just reacting to what we saw last night or what we're going to see this weekend, but, you know, if they break camp healthy and health was an issue a year ago, that I think maybe can, you know, take a giant step forward off what was a down year a year ago um I, I look at the atlanta falcons i mean defensively they've got a lot of talent we know how good matt ryan can be uh i mean he can certainly run it they've addressed the offensive line did in the draft you know I, I think the falcons are a team that kind of people have forgotten about a little bit here um you know I, in the nfc um you know after blowing that 28-3 lead in the super bowl i think they can go out and make it be a playoff team this year what's your thoughts on the falcons
1: no i i agree with you and and it's interesting he, you know you say the Falcons might be a team that people have forgotten about i feel like they're always whether they're yeah, a you know, had a good season they're always the team that's like oh yeah the Falcons are probably pretty good um and i don't know why that is because they have uh, you know all star receivers all star quarterback i mean they they put together their team very well and i think that the you know they didn't struggle last year um really because that you know they weren't potent or didn't have firepower they you know they struggled because they games just didn't a lot of times didn't go their way or there were turnovers or they were better last year than their record showed and i think they're going to be even better this year than they were last year so you know i totally agree with you uh when you have a quarterback like matt ryan um and uh receivers that can, can not only catch the ball but be huge playmakers on the outside you have a chance to do a lot and if you combine that with a, a, a revamped offensive line and a solid defense, I mean, that's what you want as a coach going into a season. Um, now, can they stay healthy? We'll see. But that's that's the assumption that we're making, and, and I do believe that um, they can be a real threat in the NFC.
2: Yeah, and I think, Mark, going a step farther, uh, the NFC South with them, and I think the Panthers will be better, and then there are the Saints. I, I think that's got a chance to be the toughest division of football this year.
1: Yeah, and there's and there's no reason why it shouldn't be most years too. I mean, yeah. there's it's very rare that you can have that many um, that many elite quarterbacks in one division, um, but you see it there, um, and you know you don't get much much better than you know Cam, Matt, and and uh, and Drew. So I mean, those guys are are powerful, um, and if, when you go against them, you got to be scared every single time.
0: Mark, how nervous uh, would you be if you were a Cowboy fan, seeing how Ezekiel Elliott's holding out, threatening to sit out the entire year, the importance of the team? I mean, if there's one guy that's an entire team besides a quarterback that a team is built around, you know, it's Elliott down there in Dallas. He, you know, he, he changes the way Prescott plays, makes it easier for him, helps out the defense as well. How concerned would you be if you're a Cowboy fan right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, he is, as you said, he's incredibly important to uh, to that team, to the offense, to the city of Dallas in general. Um, it, it's funny we just talked about the NFC South and we talked about you know all the the unbelievable quarterbacks in that division and how you, know, you have to be on your on point every single week. You know, the NFC East over the past however many years, it, it's kind of like you'll know, be just be the last man standing, you know. So. Um, while I do think Ezekiel Elliott's absence will affect their offense, um, yes, but I I see it being not as big a deal for the Dallas Cowboys just because at the end of the season, you know, if you win ten games, you'll probably be um, either at the top or close to the top of that uh, of that. Uh, uh division so it's not to me this is kind of like a forked uh tongue type of thing yes it's important however i think due to their schedule and due to the nfc East not having uh those guys like a drew Brees, matt ryan there that can win 14 games um i think that they are a little bit better off than if they were somewhere else
2: mark how does this end in washington with trent williams do you think they have to trade him at some point here soon
1: yeah, I think they're going to have to. Um because you know, I've gotten to know Trent a little bit, um and he doesn't seem to me to me to be a guy that is going to uh say one thing and do another thing. You know, I I I believe his word when he says, "Hey, I'm not going back there uh unless you you know, I think his gripe is with the training staff and with the way they handled his medical situation and at this point the dude has more money than he knows what to do with. It's not about that. No. Uh, I mean, he, he, if he wants to play football again, which is a, a different question, um, but assuming he does actually want to play football again, and he said, look, it's not worth it for me to play there again because I don't trust the people handling my health care. I can't see a reason why he would come back uh, with that that same system in place.
0: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Mark, let's transition over to college a little bit uh, because we talked about the other day, Dabo Sweeney, um, you know, and, and you know the college game very, very well. Is it – it's difficult to do what – and Clemson was always a really good football program, right? But – know they are now the cream of the crop i mean what what he was able to do in that championship game and what they've accomplished here with different personnel different quarterbacks it's absolutely remarkable what sweeney's developed here down in clemson where they have made themselves basically the quintessential college football program in america
1: they have And, and clemson has been a good program but they were never a powerhouse i remember uh, when i played at boston college and we you know, we played them all the time um and and every single year it was a you know we we either won or it was a close game um uh, but we you know we were two good solid teams uh in the acc but i don't think either of us were thinking that we were national championship uh contenders however like you said now Davisweeney, Sweeney uh, and the Clemson program has become the elite program in the country. Not only, um, you know, not only just in the ACC and in the country, but really, I think what they've done is they have been the alternate to a Nick Saban Alabama that seems like a fun place to play. You know, it does. You, you look at the guys who go to Alabama, and you're like, "Gosh, man, they must have a tough time there because there's, you know, it's so strict, <laughs> and you have so many rules." But then they're like, "Oh, wait, I could go to Clemson and have just as good football, and my coach is laughing and giving me high fives, and like I'm having fun." So it becomes like an alternate to that, That's where you know, it's similar sense of you know the New England Patriots in professional football. Is, you know there's always kind of a sense of like all right I'm going to go to Bill Belichick and I'm going to you know win not win Super Bowls but you know I might have to deal with a lot while I'm there cuz it's going to be it's not going to be as fun as I would like football to be well if there was a an alternate situation um where there's a coach who liked to have fun um and dance in the locker room hey that might be a good place to go too so it's definitely been good for recruiting uh Clemson they have the right guys um, but I think when you see your head coach having so much fun uh, with your team um, and with the sport of football, uh, it really inspires everybody um, on that football team and really in all, in all of South Carolina.
2: Yeah, and it's almost, at least for me, it seems a little odd to like be criticizing almost Nick Saban and Bill Belichick and other guys, how they run things, but I'm but I'm with you in that, like, or at least, you know, if I was good enough to be recruited, like, I would like the guy that's having fun as opposed to the guy that's all business. But Saban and Belichick have been so good, it just seems wrong to think that they're not doing it right or something like that.
1: Oh, well, they they are. You know, they're doing it right, and they're doing it uh, their way. and And it's not saying that they're not doing it right because they're winning. But as a player, you balance the... Hey, how much do I want to win versus how much do I want to love what I'm doing, right? And those yeah. can go hand in hand, but as, but sometimes, and it might, this might be more so at the professional level too. But you know, when you go to your job, any job, doesn't matter what you do, and you know you're say you're making a lot of money or you're getting a lot of promotions and you're successful, but you're not enjoying what you're doing day to day. Yeah. You really think about okay, is this right for me? Now you can, if you have, can go to a place where you're making a ton of money and you're loving what you're doing and you're loving the people around you and everybody's you know nice and happy, then you're not. There's no question of okay, this is where I want to be for the rest of my life type of thing.
0: And you're not wrong. I mean, you're not wrong. Where you look at it, where you know Alabama can be a grind. I mean, I think that's uh, you know where you know the the way that they and, and that's fine. And if you're looking to be a uh, you know, play NFL professionally and you're that kind of a caliber recruit. You know, there's. You look at the history of Alabama players; they all get recruited, especially defensively. And the same thing's going for Clemson right now. I'll tell you, Cle- if three programs, you know, Clemson, Alabama, and I'll tell you, Mark, that that locker room in LSU, and I never played college football, but I mean, that is. I thought Oregon was nice. I mean, that pro that locker room down at LSU for LSU football. That is that is utterly ridiculous. What they built down there.
1: Well, these these facilities are. So over the top, and it's so fun to see the development. And and it, you're like, oh, I thought Oregon was great. And when you think about it, Oregon's facilities were built like ten plus years ago, right? Yeah. you know, they've been up. It's time for an bit, upgrade. Huh? Ten years, in ten years, people can get really creative. That's <laughs> true. You you're right that. about that. And 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 it's I, I, my favorite part is when you know you're in an NFL locker room and, and a guy from Oregon or a guy from you know a Clemson or an LSU. They come into the NFL locker rooms and facilities, and they're like, "Whoa, like this is nothing I know. to what I had in college." <laughs> You're like, where, you know, where's my flat screen TV in my locker? Where, yo, know, where, where's the uh, you know triple jets in the hot tub?" And um, <laughs> yeah, no, they, you don't realize that. Okay, everything that is paid for at the professional. Place is coming from the owners uh, and, and the paychecks. So, you know, there's no donors when it comes to professional football. No,
0: it's crazy. It really is. Uh, so good luck if you're an LSU player. Enjoy it. That is some hell of a locker room. Uh, hey, Mark, we appreciate the time this morning. We really do talk a little NFL, a little college with you. And hopefully we can get you on again real soon. Have a great weekend, all right?
1: Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot.